welcome everyone. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you see the Unbiased Truth name, we appreciate you. That is true. Thank you for tuning in. I am Cameron A. Sharp. I'm Alan Tito. And this is Unbiased Truth. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Guys, today we are continuing our uh, series, and we are going to talk about the greatest point guards of all time. Yeah, we want to we want to give it up to some some floor generals. Give it up to some guys that are really about the leadership and have a high IQ in the game of basketball. As everyone knows, you really can't do much without a solid point guard, and it helps even more if your point guard is the focal point of your offense and the leader. Of your team, uh, Alan, you want to start off with some uh, honorable mentions, and Most then we'll move into the the top spot. Now, the top spot is going to be very controversial for some people mm-hmm. because we all have a certain style of point guard that we like. It's some true. people love the shooters, some people love the distributor. So we'll figure out through this list if you all rock with it. All right, uh, honorable mention off the bat. I mean, Chauncey Billups, man, for sure, big shot, man. That guy always took the big shot yeah. and led that Pistons team mm-hmm. to a championship. How dynamic was that Pistons team at the time, dude? With Ben Wallace and all, and uh, big five almost. Dude, they had it, a big it, five, man. It was, and I mean, it was a one-off year, but I mean, like, mm-hmm. dude, they were great to see. Absolutely, man. You got a you got a Rip Hamilton on the wing with Tayshawn Prince, mm-hmm. Rasheed Wallace, and Ben dude, Wallace. Rasheed Wallace was so good. Oh my goodness, man! I think that was right at the height of Ben Wallace's Defensive Player of the Year accolades. Dude, man. no doubt that dude was a monster. So to see Chauncey Billups on top there, man, definitely a solid point guard because he kept all of them fed with that ball. <laughs> right, and then like moving on, you got CP3 and uh, Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, John Stockton, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, like, just some newer newer school guys, like uh, Jason Kidd. Yeah. As much as I hate to say that, because Jason Kidd's a piece of shit. Jay Kidd, but, man. I mean, he was good on the Nets, man. Still great with stealing. I think he led in steals and assists mm-hmm. at one point in time. He's number two on the assist list right behind what you said, John right, Stockton. John Stockton, yeah. So, Jay Kidd definitely distributed the ball a lot, had a lot of flashy passes. Another guy that, I mean, Mr. Triple Dope himself, big O, man, going mm-hmm. a little bit back in time, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll even go a little bit further and go Bob Cousy, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cousy, no, for sure. But Cousy was a focal point for six championships. Of course, he gets overshadowed by Bill Russell. Right. But six championships, I mean, 14-time All-Star, that guy was a legend. I know it, dude. But another, it. another more current guy, somebody to roll with my good old boy, Tim Duncan. Tony Parker, man. That's NBA another one, yeah. champion, man. Really a good guy. Um, but I like the fact that we have a lot of different guys, as honorable mention, that are champions. Even though they weren't necessarily the greatest of all time, they still led their teams to championships. A lot of these guys are. Right. And a couple of guys who, uh, you know, might even get on the list of greatest of all time, uh, Kyrie and Russ. Yeah, Kyrie and Russ are definitely good additions. Kyrie more so than Russ. I think Russ plays a style of basketball uh, for the point guard that's fading, especially with the ability to have I can shooters. I myself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think now we were looking at a time similar to a Kyrie. You got the handle, you got the outside game, and you can also dish the ball off to your peers in a strong sense. So we've seen these guys in the honorable mention do the best they can do for their teams, and that's why they are considered some of the greatest point guards of all time. But the next two coming up, I think they are the quintessential like what you look for in both sides of a point guard. We're talking about the perfect shooter and we're talking about the perfect passer. 
this is the debate between Magic Johnson versus Steph Curry, man. Um, it's weird. To, it's it's still weird for me. Like we were talking beforehand, and I I just I have not gotten to the point where I can accept that Steve Curry is, or Steph Curry is one of the best of all time, and I know that he is. Mm-hmm. I know that, but it still hurts that. That's the way it's all going. Well, it's going to take a little while. The chef is still in the kitchen cooking. So you're going to have to wait for the chef to hang up his apron to really solidify his time. Because I believe he's in the middle of his oh, prime. he's definitely in his prime still. It yeah. will be for the next at least five years. I yeah. think you're not going to see a very dramatic drop-off from Steph Curry anytime soon. The only reason you'll see a drop-off, and, and that's why it's cool to be able to compare Magic's numbers, because Magic's career was what it was. Even though I feel like Magic had a better team than Steph. That's something we'll talk about here in a moment. But the only reason we've seen a drop-off in Steph's performances so far is because he gave up stats for rings. And what I mean by that is he knew that taking in this man, Kevin Durant, who gets all of these touches and commands so much attention on the ball, he knew that he would be giving up any type of leading score stats, any type of leading assist stats, even leading steals and blocks to give it up for a better man. Kevin Durant is the overall better player on that team, and that's why Steph is going to be what he's going to be, a point guard that can shoot the ball extremely well for the career He's scoring 23 points, four rebounds, and seven assists. Dude is a monster when it comes to having a complete player at point guard. And don't forget, he got the handles too. Steph will mix you up in a second. They don't call him Chef Curry for nothing because that man is always in the kitchen cooking. He's unmatched going, a guy his side going, size going to the rack like he does Mm -hmm. with just. Reckless abandonment. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really, really awesome yeah. to see a dude that size get in the paint and bang with these huge trees. Yeah, man. It's it's really, really awesome to see. And I and that's a, that honestly, that's probably the aside from his, you know, being able to shoot a three from downtown with his eyes closed, mm-hmm. that's the most uh, most is the wrong word, I'm gonna back it up. That is the most impressive part of his game to me yeah, is that he can slash and still be that point guard who will take you off the line. Unconscious shooter, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's why he's able to slash so well is because you have to respect him beyond the arc. When Stephen Curry passes the half court line, he's in range. Oh yeah. Even a little bit. (laughs) Hey everybody, this is Alan from The Unbiased Truth and I just want to let you guys know that if you're listening to this, we appreciate you. If you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, uh, if you're even on Buzzsprout and you found our podcasting host site that is the best, shout out to Buzzsprout. Uh, guys, hit subscribe. Tell your friends. Thank you so much. Again, I'm Alan Tittle, and this is The Unbiased Truth. Let's get back to the show. Even if he's like maybe... Four or five feet behind the half-court line. That man is in range. So you have to respect and honor his shot. That's why I see Stephen Curry as one of the greatest shooting point guards of all time. That man was a one-time scoring champion. That in itself is pretty impressive to be a scoring champion as a point guard. That means not only was he facilitating, but he was also getting his own buckets. And to talk about something that you don't see in the NBA at all, but you never saw until you saw Stephen Curry do it, back-to-back MVPs, one-time unanimous MVP, 
one LeBron James couldn't even accomplish that feat. And we're not over talking about point guards, but that thing out there in itself is pretty incredible. LeBron's a power point. Yeah, he's definitely a power point. Uh, Stephen Curry himself, man, two-time All-NBA. I mean, I know, like I said, we're talking about somebody that is still in the kitchen cooking. Mm-hmm. So this guy has yet to have the pin drop on his career. On top of that, that man has three rings, and he's only been in the league nine seasons. A lot of people would see that as something that's remarkable just for anybody. But one thing that I think Steph Curry's missing uh, that's not on his resume that Magic has a few of is the finals MVPs. Yep. Each finals MVP, he's uh, conceded it to another player. That first year was Andre Gudala, and then back-to-back times it was Kevin Durant. And Stephen Curry has been known to take the back seat to other players when it comes to shining in big moments. Not something that's uncommon to him. Uh, but for this next player, tra- Magic, oh, excuse me, I don't know why I was going to say Tragic. Oh, 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 no, uh, Magic Johnson, uh, somebody that uh, is a big-time player. Man, how you feeling about Magic as being our best distributing point guard of all time? I think it's easy to say that that is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic, I mean, I, I realize that he is not up there on the stat charts, mm-hmm. but just he – I think Magic was the first guy to really bring that style of play yeah. into the NBA. Um, and, I mean, he's just an overall fundamentally better point guard than mm-hmm. Steph Curry. You know, when you talk about fundamental. And, like, again, like that's another thing to really take into this uh, conversation is that Magic played in a completely different NBA Absolutely. than Steph did. I mean, they had just introduced the three-point line when he was – just starting to play. Right. Yeah. And so that really wasn't a part of an offense mm-hmm. back then. And the idea that he had the three MVPs and it's and it, Magic's got the gold medal. Yeah, he does have a gold medal. He's got the gold medal. And it's just Magic. And again, Magic had all a bunch of players that were just as good, if not better, than the players Magic that Curry has team. now. Exactly. And. Now, now we know that. Yeah. Back then, Magic was playing with guys who were just in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like well, how Steph- James Worthy. No, I know. I, I know. That's why I say that. Like yeah. James Worthy was already that great, right? Kareem but was pretty good too. It, it, exactly. And like those guys, they knew that it's like it's like watching the Warriors now. You know, we're watching the Warriors now, and we're going, okay, cool. So you, we're talking about Steph Curry and Magic Johnson right now. So obviously, Curry is Hall of Fame for yeah, sure, absolutely. And then you go down the line, Clay Thompson, Hall of Famer for done. sure, done. And then Kevin Durant, Hall of Famer. And then you got Draymond Green, Hall of Famer, exactly. So these teams, Demarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins again. If he Possible gets his, if he gets his shit together, yeah, he yeah. will be a Hall of Famer. I agree. And so when you really, I, I think the team aspect of this conversation is null. Because of that fact that these guys are still each one of their teammates is going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, I think we also have to look at the difference in eras as well because of the way that the Lakers organization was ran. Oh, yeah. Almost sort of similar to the Yankees over there in baseball. We'll mm-hmm. just Showtime Lakers. We're getting everybody and anybody that can show us how to play the game, except yep. for Kurt Rambis. I don't know what that move was about, the, the Rambis situation, but Magic right. still made him look good. Exactly. You know, like, but, <laughs> but that's that's another thing. I think that Magic and Curry have in common, for sure, is that they can make dudes look good. Absolutely. They can. They have that Tom Brady effect. Like yeah. They can make pedestrian guys 
look great, yeah. David Lee. And it's because of the attention that they command at that position. That's what's so cool about us talking about the greatest point guards of all time. Mm-hmm. Because in this new NBA, you're seeing a lot of these stretch fours and fives. And who's going to pass them the ball? Well, you know exactly, like, and that's why that's why I think it's easy to see a guy like James Harden take over a point guard role right. in an offense is because the the a la traditional fundamental point guard mm-hmm. is is leaving the league. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have a point guard who is quick off the jump and who can score a solid amount of three pointers. That's not the point guard you really want in this analytic-driven NBA. Yeah, I, I, but the fact that Magic and Steph Curry are both phenomenal passers is what changed the game for both eras. Because Stephen Curry not only is great at setting his own shots, but be able to create plays for his other players. Exactly. You talked about Steph being able to go in and slash, and Magic was pretty good at scoring too. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, most my, definitely, he was twenty-seven and eleven. That's his stats, uh-huh. and career stats. He could give you twenty points on a regular basis, but when it comes down to being able to go in the hole, young Steph Curry, man, just something. I think Monte Ellis might have taught him that, you know, mm-hmm. over there, um, over there being so different mm-hmm. as far as approaching the game inside the paint. Do no doubt, but I mean, again. It's it's just I, I almost I don't know if it's too early to really to have crown this Steph? to crown Steph and really have this conversation. I don't know if it's too early or not. I think this is about time. I know we're in the middle of his prime, mm-hmm. but from what I can tell, as far as looking at every team's best point guard ever, mm-hmm. and you look at Stephen Curry and Magic Johnson, and though Magic is incredible, he's a right. Hall of Famer, gold medalist. Mm-hmm. Stephen Curry, man, it's just something about what he's done to just transform the game of basketball, and he really. He really has taken the NBA. Yeah. He has – this is his league. Yeah. This is Steph's league. He tra- uh, he's the father of all of these 30-foot, <laughs> it's, it's know, shots. Oh, good time. I mean, the thing is, is like kids, he it, – it's it's almost um, – this is this might be a stretch, but like, call me if it is. But I would almost say that Curry's effect on the, uh, on the NBA is very much like Odell Beckham's. Mm influence on the NFL as far as how kids want to act their style of play most definitely because you you look at the way kids play basketball now everybody wants to be Steph Curry yeah and every kid and they're empowered by it because Mm -hmm. Steph Curry is not a physically gifted human being that was gonna be my next point oh big give me something yeah because that is a great great take and I'm gonna let you take it oh yeah that's my point exactly Steph Curry was almost like that little wimpy kid in Mm -hmm. school most definitely dude he's not You've seen that picture of him with the towel, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and he not looks like Mother gifted. Teresa. Yeah. Yeah, the dude is not a buff guy. He's not one of those. Uh, he, if you see Stephen Curry in the street, you wouldn't even think he played basketball. Not Mother Teresa, everybody. You... Sorry. He looks like the Virgin Mary. <laughs> he does not look like yeah. Mother Teresa. You would not think Steph was a basketball player, but to see how he carries himself on that court, he's an artist. He mm-hmm. truly is an artist. And you said a prime example. These kids want to be like him now because Steph looks like me. You yeah. know, Steph is almost similar to me. Now, Magic Johnson was flamboyant. Yeah. He had all these duels with Larry Bird. Dude, he had an adversary he, and whatnot. Exactly. And the thing is, and Curry can get fired up, too. We've yeah. all seen her, We've all seen Curry he go Super Steph. Saiyan. Yeah, we've, we've <laughs> yeah. seen it happen. Yeah. Um, but Magic had a streak. Magic yeah. Magic brought that uh, that level of competitiveness. He had that flair, too. Dude. Oh, my goodness. And, so much flair. And he, yeah, he played the game with a lot of... Uh, 
A lot of panache. Uh-huh. I think the way that Stephen Curry revolutionized the game with the three-pointer is the same way Magic revolutionized the game with his passing and his ability to see. His court vision was off the charts. Oh, dude, yeah. Some of the, one of the most famous highlights you'll see is when Magic's running down the court and not looking at a guy and throws him a no-looker and keeps running. Magic was the king of being able to find the open player. No matter what the situation may have come to him. So when we're looking at Magic stats, just to finish up a little bit more on him, I mean, a first team All-NBA eight times, man. Uh, nine times All-NBA just altogether. That guy was literally something that you had to see night in and night out. And he really brought a different culture to the Showtime Lakers, the same way Stephen Curry has brought a culture to these Golden State Warriors. No, no doubt. It's I mean, Curry... If they if the Warriors didn't have Curry, they would not be the same team. No, and that's no. the same thing with Magic. Like I really think if you take either of these guys away, those teams are still good. Yeah, but they're not great. Yeah, that's why the the point guard is always almost the most valuable player in my opinion. Because if you don't have that floor general, I know that LeBron kind of revolutionized the game with his ability to play the power point, which is just a silly position in my opinion. Yeah, it is. But, but I mean, there are teams that can do it. I mean, Giannis can be a power point any yeah. day of the week. I mean, I realize that he's a small forward, mm-hmm. but dude can play point guard. Yeah, and that's why I bring up LeBron because that's who I feel like LeBron's the most closest to in comparison. He's more like Magic than he is Jordan. Even though he rocks at 23, he plays like 32. And I think a lot of people have to realize that as far as the game boils down to LeBron's overall stat line as a legend. When we look at how he plays, the even the style of like physique, I think they were the same height, except for Magic was maybe an inch taller. Mm. So, and LeBron's a bigger dude. Bigger than, specimen than, for sure. Than Magic was for sure. Yeah, I think LeBron James has a lot going for him in the fact that he, he plays with a similar mind state. Oh, as most Magic, definitely. And that right I think there is that, impressive. I think that LeBron since Magic mm-hmm. is the most complete player mm-hmm. that the Lakers sad. are going to have in a long time because he sad. can play so many different positions. And right now, they just need to figure out where to put him. Yeah. Because, you know, they have so many questions throughout their lineup. And, you know, funny about all this, Magic Johnson is there to help them figure he that is. out. He is. The goal um, is there. <laughs> and I, I really think that that's super, super cool mm-hmm. that Magic did that. You know, a lot of people were like, oh, and Magic was even apprehensive about it. He was like, mm-hmm. I don't really know if I want to go back to the Lakers organization. But I think at this point in time, everything's just looking up for them. Yeah. Uh, I know we talk a lot of shit about the Lakers and the and the decisions they've made, people they've picked up. Um but they're they're back, dude. Yeah. I mean, it has a lot to do with LeBron. Owen three. If LeBron, hell, Owen five. I mean, it could happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think they get it together. I think Magic helps them get it together. Um, they're not stepping to the Warriors this season. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. I don't even think they meet up in the playoffs. Well, they might meet up in the playoffs if the Warriors are one and the Lakers are eight. And the Lakers will not make the playoffs. So. I, I don't. I mean, I'm with you, dude. Mm-hmm. I really am. I don't. I don't. I think if they do make the playoffs, they're skimming by at the eight seed, and they are, and they only get it because they snuck wins away from the Suns, the Nuggets, <laughs> or the Nuggets. Yeah. Well, hey, man, right now the Nuggets are looking like they're going to be they're going to be at the top of the West and just holding it down. Watch out, man. Watch uh, out. Their for schedule's the been pretty soft this first part of the season, mm-hmm. but uh, you know they got to cut their teeth January, yeah. February, but. 
Yeah, but like you said, it's good to know that Magic's there with that organization to help them out and hopefully guide them through that. I don't think it needs to be necessarily a coaching change, just maybe finding a dynamic point guard, maybe taking Alonzo uh, Ball under his wing mm-hmm. and teaching him how to learn and study tape. But on the other end of that spectrum, since we're talking about current stuff that's going on, Stephen Curry and the dominance that the Warriors are going on, how do you think they keep this going? Because Steph is, is one of the best point guards in the league, bar none. The most reassuring thing that the Warriors can hold their hat on is that they just need to keep doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. and it's proven. And they know that they know that if is like they know that if they keep taking pay cuts, and you know they keep the team together, mm-hmm. that they will continue to win championships Absolutely. because the formula is proven. Yeah, I mean, outside of Steve Kerr being a good coach, and I, I, we talk a lot about Mark Jackson having. Pretty much that same team, getting him almost all the way there, and then Steve Kerr coming in and finishing the job and taking over that franchise. I don't want to take anything away from Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr is a great coach. I think he holds that team together because there are a lot of big personalities in that locker room. True, very true. And without Steve Kerr, they would have a hard time keeping it reined in because I think if you had a – Say like a figurehead, like a Tyron Lue in that situation, mm-hmm. he would lose that locker room really quickly, and they would there'd be a lot of infighting, like yeah. you've seen in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You've seen like LeBron has a problem with some guy, he's gone. Yeah, the beauty of what Steve Kerr brings to that locker room is the experience of the championship level yep. as a player as well. So not oh, yeah. only, I mean, you can see him after they're celebrating wins. Not only is he talking to the the star players, he's talking to the bench guy and saying, "Hey, you were an important part of this team. He was that you guy. helped us out exactly yep. because he was that guy." So Steve Kerr now only identifies with the stars he can go and talk to the water guy and let him know hey you're an important part of this organization Mm -hmm. so I think that's what's bringing Steph Curry to understand what it means to be a leader as a point guard Mm -hmm. because Steve Kerr played with arguably the greatest player of all time so to see him be able to transition into coaching I believe Stephen Curry understands that he's in a unique spot right now not only could he be the greatest of all time which I put him there I don't care if it's too early or not I say he's one of the greatest of all time Mm -hmm. but also he's able to learn how to be a champion on top of that with the champion Steve Kerr is a champion's champion let's just be real with it you know I think that gives Steph the x factor in making that claim solidified once he hangs up his apron you're right. <laughs> you were correct, dude. And, I mean, just piggybacking off of that, I mean, Steph Curry is another one of those dudes who is just really great to root for. Yeah. I mean, same thing with Magic Johnson. I know Magic Johnson has his, you know, sorted past and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, like, two just stand-up guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think both of them, especially Steph, and this hurts me to say, I'm, I'm saying all these really nice things about Steph Curry, and it <laughs> I'm getting you to say him, no. I'm I know. getting you to say him. But uh, they're both good role models, man. Like, if, you know, if if my kid was like, hey, I'm going to get a Steph Curry jersey, I would regrettably buy him that jersey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's if that's who he wants to rep, that's who he wants to rep, mm-hmm. I will roast him every morning when he wakes up and puts that jersey on. Right. But that is what it is. That's why it's cool to talk about these two guys because Magic Johnson later on his, in his life started setting the major examples as far as investing in certain things, mm-hmm. opening up movie theaters, investing in the Dodgers, and just all these small things that made LeBron James admire him and want to learn under him. The same way Stephen Curry is like re-revolutionizing what it means to be a businessman outside of sports. Right. You know, he's got a lot of hands in tech work and whatnot, and not only that, being an excellent role model as a father and a family man. 
Shout out to Steph because he just got his first boy. His name is Cannon. So that's really dope. I know he was dominated by girls. He just got his first boy. And and Steph right now is playing like one of those people that is going to be a a role model. And not necessarily the face of the NBA once LeBron James leaves. But we won't be too sad because we have people like Steph around showing us how to be a champion and also a great athlete on top of that. Right. Incredible, man. For sure. Yep. For sure. So, I mean, at the end of the day, who are you going with on this? Steve Francis, <laughs> the franchise, Allen Iverson. Uh, <laughs> the guys, the guys that we're not talking. Gilbert about. Arenas. Uh. Oh my God. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sticking. Bush Parker. <laughs> I'm sticking Magic for this. I'm going with Stephen. All right, the Chef Curry. Man. All right. Nah. I mean, we're gonna have to agree to disagree on that. And and guys, again, do not be afraid to get at us on social media anywhere you want to get at us: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, remember, we're all over all the place all the time. Absolutely, hit us back. Let us know. Yeah, we're glad you're here to listen to our biased truth. This is what we're here for. Of course, you see at the end we picked our own two styles, but that's just who we're rocking with at the end of the day. Right. Everybody has their opinion on who they think the gold is, and we want to hear from you about what you think. Should have happened on this list And who you think we left out Because I know for a fact Everybody was looking for me To talk about Smush Parker I know nah. they were waiting to hear but, about but, but real quick though And I mean again We're recording this on a Wednesday During the week And the Rockets are losing mm. Right now to the Utah Jazz 84-79 to 79. Yeah. Well, they're 91 to 79 Excuse me yeah. They they're, just scored They're without a guy In our honorable mentions CP3 man I, They're missing CP3 More than they know But it's not only His guidance on the court It's just about his Overall effect On the other team CP3's played Every single team In this league He knows exactly How to get To the cup On each one the Rockets. Carmelo has 17 points. That's what's up. Yeah, Melo. Where, where, where's Harden at? Coming off the bench, Melo's definitely one of those guys that can make it happen. Granted, Harden he has, has the right team to get it on. Okay. Real quick, though. They're probably scoring like a machine right now with those threes. Donovan Mitchell has 34 points. Spider Mitchell. He's here. Yes. He's finally showing up. I remember I was talking to a guy the other day, and they're like, man, Donovan Mitchell, it seems like he's kind of taking a step back. Dude. He just needed – he didn't need to work himself back into it. He needed yeah. to get back in that game speed. Yeah, game speed and definitely for – I mean, he could possibly be on this list coming up if he continues the career he's having, man. I mean, yeah. I think he got robbed for rookie of the sure. year. Oh, I – think I, he got robbed. If you want to jump into that real quick, I'm totally yeah, down. Yeah, absolutely. I believe so. Because I really – Think that he should have gotten the rookie of the ben year. Ben Simmons is not a rookie. He's not. He was not a rookie. And I realized that because didn't Embiid win that award too? Yeah, he did. And it was the same. It was the same issue. Same thing. Yeah. It was the same issue that he really technically. And the NBA is the only, the only sports organization that does that. Yeah, it's nonsense. Like it's and, poppycock. It is. It is poppycock. And it, it's just complete BS mm-hmm. to think that this guy who. Knowingly is just sitting on a bench, and the teams admit that they're just waiting for him to be healthy. Yeah, out of college, that in the first year he comes back, he's still considered a rookie. No, no, absolutely, it's not. complete crap. Donovan Mitchell should have won that award hands down. Yeah, and hell, in reality, let's be let's be completely unbiased. Jason Tatum should have had a knock in that fight. Yes, he did. Jason he Tatum have. after the All Star break was one of the best players to watch in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he was phenomenal. Oh the One of the most explosive things, and it didn't take anybody by shock because he knew for a fact what he had to do. This guy came into the league 
and took them by storm out there in Boston. It's looking like his his team against another great point guard that was on our list, Kyrie Irving, man. And uh, that's that's the thing is that I think that's also another plus for Kyrie. You know, mm-hmm. we always talk about how uh, Kyrie says that his best move was to leave Bo- or to leave Cleveland when he did. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. Uh, still to this day, because. You know, at that time, he didn't know that they were going to draft Jason Tatum. Yeah, it's true. Um, and having Jason Tatum on that team just takes even more pressure off of Kyrie. Yeah, it really and does. And it adds so much to that team, knowing that Kyrie does not have to be Cleveland Kyrie. Yeah. Because what people like to forget is that Kyrie was still doing the absolute most oh goodness, in Cleveland to keep them where they were. Absolutely. Even with LeBron being there, Kyrie was still the man. And yep. Like, Kyrie brought Cleveland that championship Hell yes, not LeBron he did. James most and definitely people forget the, the dumpster years when Kyrie was sitting there with these horrible teams yep. Larry Hughes was mm-hmm. sitting there right with Kyrie talking about my got your back Ira Newble was sitting there on the coming off the bench yep. come on man you can't tell me Kyrie didn't earn every bit of that championship and he did and that and and where would where would LeBron be without Ray Allen mm, nowhere he'd be sitting in the dumps Chilling, Ringless. looking to find a way to get Chris Bosh a ring mm-hmm. because it's not it's not as simple as you think it is. You have to have that point guard. Mm-hmm. That's what LeBron had to learn to yep. take this back seat to a great point guard like Kyrie. And but that and that's another thing that he's going to have to find out in um, in L.A. Mm-hmm. That you know he you know he goes out and he pushes the signing of Rondo. He he is there with Lonzo Ball yeah. and. I'm just going out on a limb right now, and maybe the limb is going to break, but I don't think Lonzo Ball is ever going to be as good as Kyrie Irving. Well, no, I don't believe he'll be good as Kyrie Irving just because this injury he just had is showing up in this game a lot, and you wouldn't think so, but you had to have watched Lonzo Ball, first of all, in college. He's and very explosive. Watch him up until, like, right now this season. It's like, wait a second, Lonzo. Where's that hop and that bump and that, yep. that, that step? He's thinking more about the injury than he is about the game. And then that might wear off, you know. That, That's going that, – it's bound to wear off. But right it, now he's thinking way more exactly. about the injury. It's kind of like Carson Wentz with his knee. I mean, it, it, there's always going to be a little bit of, mm, maybe mm. I might re-injure it, but, like, it will get to the point where he will let that go. Facts, facts. Right now, LeBron James is hoping that he can get him a good point guard. But overall, he has a championship point guard with Rajon Rondo. So maybe there's a chance for him to be able to concede that to the point guard position to let them play. Because this whole episode has been about how important the point guard is mm-hmm. and like letting you know what style of, of point guard you should be looking for to consider the GOAT. But, you know? I mean, it just kind of goes back into the point we made earlier about that fundamental classic point guard mm-hmm. is leaving the league. Absolutely. and. Who do you feel is the last of the fundamental point guard? You know, the last of that traditional style of point guard. I mean... I say it's Chris Paul. Chris, I say it's Chris Paul, um, I would put Damian Lillard on that list. Okay. I would put John Wall on that list. Hmm. Um, who else? There's another one I'm forgetting. Um... Pat Bev. Yeah, I was going to say Tony Parker, but... Ooh, yeah, Tony Parker's a good... No, Pat no. Bev really didn't distribute as much, but defensive-wise, like, Pat Bev is, like, the quintessential yeah. defensive point guard. Absolutely great defensive point guard, yeah. Brandon uh, Knight, too, Oh, but... oh my God, uh, Michael Connolly. Yeah, Michael Connolly, Connolly yes, is sir. most definitely a classic point guard. Yeah, that was going to be my, my other guy. CP3 and Connolly, even though we haven't seen much of Connolly with these injuries, mm. I like CP3 as being the traditional, the last of it, because even I feel like Lillard and John 
John Wall represent that new school. It's a new of the athletic. It's, a, it's the yeah, more athletic. I agree, on. but like you look at you look at what Dame does, and he's he's distributing. Yeah. He's taking the shots. He does lean on his three a little bit more. Oh, yeah, he does. But I mean, and John Wall again. I would call him a little bit more complete, mm-hmm. uh, which lends him into the, like the CP3 category because yeah. I mean he has a multifaceted shot game. Mm-hmm. He can create off the off the dribble, and he works all right off the ball, right? Yeah, he does. Which he makes does. him a little bit more different or uh, kind of a hybrid mm-hmm. when it comes to working off the ball like that because there's a ton of point guards that are terrible. Off the I ball. agree. Yeah, James Harden, horrible. Well, <laughs> not yeah. a point guard, but you know what I'm saying. He's a yeah. terrible off the ball. Mm-hmm. No, well, James, yeah, it's like that. The the usage rate. Of certain point guards is what we're concerned about now. I know Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. has probably one of the highest uses rates right now, or last year for sure. But it all boils down to what you're doing for your team once you're out there on the court. And Spider Mitchell, even tonight, he's showing that he did. He the Rockets the, just lost. Man, he can fill up those points. Man, he he has no problem with going in and and being the big guy. I think that's why it's raining right now. It just it just started raining. I the guess Rockets are one and three. Houston is crying yeah. for the Rockets right now, man. tonight so we're missing that end and I, I'm still not I mean I know James Ennis brings a lot to our team it's only been a couple of games so I'm not completely sold on him fitting into our stuff but I think that he can um, but no I mean Melo coming off with 17 points I think that was great finally showing a little bit he almost had a double double I think he had like 17 and 8 17 and 7 uh, 7 rebounds um, but no the defense on our end has got to get better you sound distraught Alan what's going on I am distraught man because it's just it's tough like the the, you know Rockets two years ago would have taken down I don't care if the Jazz had them (laughs) Gordon Hayward, the no, one? No, please. I, two, I realize the Jazz were a different team two years ago. I get that. But the the Rockets are slowly slipping back into the Rockets of old. Oh, man. And when they're, I think this might be the year. The Barkley where, days? No, not the Barkley days. But this might be the year where we start losing the games that we should win. Last man, year, the year yeah. before that. We would win those games, mm-hmm. and that has not been the case for the last ten years. But yeah. now I think we might sl- start to see a slow decline back into that kind of style of ball. You know, where they might, you know, instead of having those ten, twelve game winning streaks, that we're going to see maybe three or four, maybe a six game winning streak this season. Yeah, and that's that's tough because we've honestly the city of Houston has grown accustomed to. Uh, just good basketball out of the Rockets. I'm just so bummed. It's an awkward phase to be in for the Rockets, and it's ironic that we talked about point guards this episode because, man, are they missing Chris Paul more than anything? I mean, we get him back next game. Yeah, I know. We'll we get, get him back, back next game. And... It's perfectly fine, but at the end of the day, you don't want to start off your season this way because it, it breaks the psyche of the team. 
it, it really changes because you're trying your best to become a championship style team and you just can't seem to find the rhythm that you like. We're missing the defense and nobody in the organization will admit it. Well, we're missing the defense of Trevor Ariza. Mm-hmm. It's just that and simple. Luke. That was we're our, missing Luke too, man. Yeah, I think we're missing Luke, but Trevor for sure. We man. were really banking on uh, James Ennis and the addition of uh, Carmelo Anthony being that band aid to cover up the loss of Luke and uh, Trevor. And we also thought that the offense that we were going to gain from Carmelo would be the best defense for any other team coming and up. It's, and it's still just not out. It still might. It, it could. It, it still might work out, but it's how still long, way too early to tell. And also, how long will it take Melo to understand his role? Because it's D'Antoni is not a new coach to him. It's a new system, I'm sure. D'Antoni's not a new coach. I know this Chris Paul situation probably put him out of character. I'm pretty sure he's still practicing with them, but I don't believe that he's fully been able to grasp the effect of having Chris Paul on the court throwing you that lob or throwing mm-hmm. you that extra pass, you know. Yeah. It helps when you have somebody as great as Chris Paul looking out for you to get you a shot and to keep you in rhythm. No, I, I agree. And getting Chris back is going to help us a lot. It's going to really right the ship in a way. You know, our guy's out there. He is, you know, calling the shots again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that, again, we need to see more out of Clint Capella. Clint Capella is – He's giving us all he's got. All he's, he's ever he's been. He's given us all he's ever been, but I mean, like, let's be real. The first start of the se- the couple, first couple of games, he's he's had flashes. Yeah. You know, the end of the season last year, he was the guy. Yeah, absolutely. And I just think we're having kind of a little bit of an off season hangover. Maybe that that trip to the where they go, the Bahamas. Maybe Ooh, maybe the trip to the Bahamas. Maybe James. the trip to the Bahamas is yeah. still uh, no. James is still killing it. James had twenty nine points tonight. He's still James Harden is still James Harden. Everybody, mm-hmm. so, I think it was, was twenty nine points, seven assists, five rebounds. I mean, mm-hmm. like that's, that's James Harden being James Harden. Yeah, like he's locked in for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just need to see it from everybody else, Get and we were starting to see it. But then you know you go on a couple of on a couple of cold streaks, and we get what we have now. You you have to make a decision on what your team is going to build themselves off of this year because there's teams can make runs. It's very true they can make a run. This could be the only losses we get all year, so I'm not going to get too sad about it. But if we start off eight and fourteen, or it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, if we get to that point where we're struggling mid season, it's we're going to have to. It's going to be a call for action. Yeah, and not just on the trading block, but they're going to be coming for some heads. They're going to come in for some front office. Yeah, I, I really think and like that's. That's I think it's still way too early for those conversations to be had, but they will start. Yeah, uh, if we go ugh, eight and fourteen, that sounds terrible. Yeah, and just and it cuts me deep to think that like you know calling out Daryl Morey or uh, even Mike D'Antoni at this point. I remember yeah. when Mike D'Antoni first got over here, I didn't want him. I didn't. I thought that him bringing this guy in here was the stoop that mustache. Mm-hmm. Oh, terrible! <laughs> but he shaved it mm-hmm. and became one of the best coaches that the Rockets have ever seen. Yeah, he definitely took us to the next level outside of looking like the Pringles guy. He, well, he got rid of the mustache yeah, for a reason. I'm glad he did that. I'm yeah. glad he did that. He definitely became an influential figure in this new style of offense that no, they're no, running. No. And he helped unlock James Harden. By putting him at point guard that year, huh, another point guard reference. Mm-hmm. By putting him at point guard that year, it showed how he can literally pour into an offense. And change an in offense. way more than one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No doubt, dude. No doubt. Well, we're going to be optimistic about the Rockets. I know it's going to be a lot going on, but, hey, we appreciate you all for being here and being able to listen to us all. I appreciate you so much. Mm-hmm. 
Well, we've talked about this, and you know what, Alan? It's, it's been a, it's been a great episode, man. Yeah, I like the list that we came up with. I like the fact that we got to explore many different avenues of the greatness behind the point guard position. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, you all, we appreciate you listening to Unbiased Truth. I'm Cameron A. Sharp, and I'm Alan Tito. We will talk to you all real soon. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, get it up in your earlobes and to your friends as soon as possible. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys.